randomly dropped with zero fucks given. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the last call with Angel Perkins Harris. It's your boy, APH. Uh, live from the scene, um, live from my house with Popeyes in my hand and a smile as large as Texas itself. Uh, we're gonna be talking about a bunch of shit, more importantly, double or nothing. Uh, WWE's recent releases, uh, my issues with everything going on lately, and LeBron being eliminated from the first round of the playoffs. First time ever it actually happened. Matter of fact, we're gonna start off with that, so please strap in your seatbelts, uh, do what you can. If you're not a sports fan, you can skip over because I'm gonna have sections of this. But uh, if you are a sports fan, you can tune in. Now, hockey and baseball fans, I won't be doing anything until July. I'm not talking about that until July because I want the All-Star breaks to pop up for baseball and I want the Stanley Cup to be done so I can get my full analysis. But uh, as far as everything else goes, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the BS known as the Last Call with APH. Where I talk constant nonsense for no reason, and you all just either listen or not even care. <laughs> Enjoy. We're gonna start with LeBron and the NBA playoffs because honestly, I need to say this. First and foremost, as for my Brooklyn Nets, Nets and five. Celtics, I don't know why you guys were crying and moaning about a freaking um about your logo when you're throwing at Kyrie Irving's head. I don't know why you're bitching and moaning about the Nets, you know, trying to be soft or anything like that. And in reality, we kicked your asses. Everyone was panicking going into these playoffs saying how big three of KD, Kyrie, and uh, Harden were not going to play well. And they were trailing. And I remember in a lot of games. And when they turned it on and actually started playing serious, they dominate. That is what scares about this. That's what's scary. It's scary when you have people who actually play their role, like a Blake Griffin and a DeAndre Jordan and Joe Harris. It is scary when your third best scorer is Kyrie Irving, a man who won a championship in Cleveland along with LeBron, which we'll definitely get into. It's scary to believe that your second option is KD. Or, or you could say or you could say Harden. You can swap them whoever you want. Kyrie's the third option on a team that has KD and James Harden. Like, if you shut down somehow, shut down Kyrie, shut down KD. Well, guess what? You're getting James Harden. You somehow shut down James Harden. You're getting Kyrie. And if they're not doing shit, guess what? The bench is showing up. So in all honesty, it's like, I'm not going to sit here and say Nets in five all the way because I want that to happen. I want them to win a chip this year. I, I want that. I'm not going to sit here and start bragging saying we're the best team in the NBA. But when if that is the team that we have, it is scary for the rest of the league. And I cannot wait for Milwaukee versus uh, Nets. My prediction, Nets in six. I don't know how um, sustainable Giannis can be with uh, – I don't know if he can actually turn it up a gear and actually help contribute because he's been there's certain games this playoff where Chris Middleton legit was the best one in the team. And that's just weird. Um the Knicks were not ready this year. A lot of people are gonna be mad at me. I know Wavy, who is a diehard fucking Knicks fan, Mike Angel, for those who don't know, he's going to be livid at me for saying this because he's a Knicks fan through and through. You guys weren't ready this year. You are in the same position the Brooklyn Nets were in three years ago. A young up-and-coming team who got into the playoffs, shocked a lot of people, but couldn't get the job done in the first round, which is okay. Everyone's trashing Julius Randle and everything. He wasn't ready for this spotlight, okay? He was on like the fourth or fifth option on a team, I believe, with, with Kobe Bryant. And now you're expecting him to be the number one option on a team with Derrick Rose and a bunch of other depth. I, I'm sorry. He can pull out great performances out of his ass throughout the regular season, but the playoffs are a completely different monster. We've seen it. We've seen it with a lot of teams, the Heat included. I said the Heat looked terrible this year so many times, and yet they proved me right. Where the fuck was Jimmy Butler at? Am I going to sit here and call them 
bubble chokers or they they are terrible. Be only they got into the finals last year only because of the bubble. No, and I'm not gonna say that. And I'm gonna get to that too in a minute. But the Knicks were not ready. The Hawks were a great team. They played a spectacular game. Trey Young showed the fuck out, and he has every right to brag. Fuck Trey Young, honestly, because I like the Knicks too. Like, I'm a Nets fan, but I like the Knicks on occasion. I wanted to see the Knicks in the playoffs. But even in my own mind, I was like, that's not going to happen. Because they're not ready this year. Get yourself another piece. Maneuver around the t- move around the lineup. Get ne- get Frank Nicolatina or whatever the fuck that man's name is the fuck out of New York immediately. Because holy shit, he is garbage. And just rebuild... Don't rebuild completely, but, like, try to make some depth around your team look better and hopefully get back. Because trust me, the fact that you guys have done so much shit from the Linsanity years to the Mellow years where James Dolan and Phil Jackson tried so hard to sabotage this team to the time you had Christoph Porzingis and traded him away and pissed everyone off. To the time you drafted Christoph Porzingis and pissed everyone off. <laughs> People forget they hated draft. They hated Porzingis when he got drafted. Then loved him when he came to New York and started dominating. And now people in Dallas hate him, which is weird. I'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> but <laughs> if they're so willing to go through all of that shit and James Dolan being a complete idiot and still have one of the best crowds in the playoffs this year. And have MSG rocking like crazy? Comparable only to, I believe, the Coliseum in Long Island with the Islanders? That's saying something. These Knicks fans are ready for you guys to come back. The NBA showed they're ready for the Knicks. Question is, will you guys keep this up? That remains to be seen. Um, Milwaukee, I already touched on them. Boston, they were terrible. Um... Washington, what more can I say? Uh, Russell Westbrook, again, couldn't get a champion, couldn't get a first round. He got to the East, which everyone claims is easy as fuck, but yeah, he couldn't get out the first round again. What a shame. Uh, oh, but he did get his triple-double, though. He did get his triple-double. Yeah, that's cool. The Atlanta Hawks, I do believe, will do good this year in the playoffs, the rest of the season. I don't know if they'll make it to the conference finals, but I'm not going to bet it against them. Now to the West. I've been missing a lot of teams. Uh, the 76ers, uh, Zach Sanchez team. Uh, fuck you. I hope you don't make it to the finals. Because fuck Philly. <laughs> but much left to Zach. Um, going to the West. Oof. Um, the Clippers. Or the Flippers. They were terrible. For two games. Then dominant. For two games. And then terrible in game six. Or game five, excuse me. How the fuck is one man solo squatting your entire team? Explain that. This is literally Luka Doncic doing everything else. Tim Hardaway's doing his thing. Finney Smith is doing his thing. Christos Porzingis is doo-doo. He is booty cheeks. Like, some person said the Knicks fans should be grateful they traded away Porzingis. Looking at the way he's performing, yeah, I kind of know why we're saying that. Yeah, that's true. Kawhi's been terrible. And it's saying something when Paul George is bailing him out in Game 5. That is, that's scary. I'm telling y'all, Kawhi's not going to stick around much longer. He's not going to be there for much longer. And I do believe that the Mavs are going in six. Will they make it far in the playoffs? That only depends on how far Luka takes them. Because as long as Luka's killing it, Luka's going to take that team as far as he wants. Clippers, yeah, I have nothing to say to y'all. Y'all are terrible. I already hate that team. The amount of shit they're talking. Everyone calling them a super team, but yeah, Kawhi can barely show up. Paul George is spotty. Uh, Rondo is pissed that he's not on the Lakers right now, and they damn sure need him. <laughs> uh, it's just terrible. Their entire team can't guard one man. Then you get to the Grizzlies and the Jazz. Holy shit, what a good series. I think the Jazz are next up. They're gonna probably win. They're gonna probably win their series, but then again, 
They're going to probably win the West, in my opinion. But then again, you have Denver, who's been killing it. They lost Jamal Murray. And Nikola Jokic just said, fuck it, hop on my back. Hop on my back. We're taking this shit far. And he has. And I'm impressed. Now that gets me to the freaking LeBron and the Suns. Let's just nip this in the bud right now. The Suns are a better team. The Suns are, have, and will always be the better team in this instance. If you have your star player saying he will never probably be at 100% again. Your second star player who is limping onto the freaking court. Trying to get into a game six after being called street clothes AD. But then that same person is condemning the team coaches for letting him onto the field when he probably wanted to be there. Because he was called soft so many times. And you have a team who is scared to shoot. Can't play defense. And cannot rally to at least force a game seven. Do I blame LeBron for feeling some type of way? No. And I I want everyone to really understand what they're saying right now. We're all trying to say how this was the biggest game in LeBron's career. How this condemns his legacy. Fuck, bro. How? How does this condemn his legacy? This man was carrying, trying his hardest to carry this team, and he couldn't do it. He's in his 18th year. He has not missed, he has not left after the first round his entire career. He's been in the playoffs 15 times. He's only left the first round this year. This is his first year, and somebody made a stat that is perfect. For the first time since 2010, there will be no NBA. There will be an NBA Finals without without LeBron James and Seth and Steph Curry. Keep in mind, up until 2019, LeBron made it to eight straight Finals, and then he made it to another one in 2020, and won the damn thing. And don't get me with this whole "it was a bubble thing" and it's an asterisk towards it. It's a phony ring. So you really are telling me. That all of those teams who came into the bubble, teams who were doing the play-in, the Phoenix Suns, who I said from the beginning of this season were going to be hot, who went undefeated in the bubble and still couldn't crack the fucking top eight. You mean to tell me that the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Heat, you mean to tell them all they were playing for was a phony ring? Will we really be saying asterisk towards the ring if they truly, if your other team won? Like, honestly speaking, let's just be for real for a second. Would you honestly all be saying it's an asterisk if the Heat won that championship? Would y'all say it's an asterisk if the Clippers won that title? Would you say it's an asterisk if the Rockets won? They wasn't, but would you? What about Denver? What about what about Boston? What about Toronto? Hell, what about the Brooklyn Nets? Even though the Nets had literally a G League team playing for us because no one wanted to show up and everyone was either hurt or refused to show up in the bubble. Will we all really be saying bubble ring if it wasn't our team winning? If our team won that championship, would we all say bubble ring? No, of course you wouldn't. You're only saying it now because it's LeBron. And that pisses me off. I'm not even a LeBron fan. I'm not a LeBron sexual or whatever the fuck y'all call it. I'm not a LeBron stan. But I'm I'm tired of the double narratives. The narrative that this man is the only one who can be exonerated for winning a championship. People are literally saying that wing in the bubble hurt his legacy. That's crazy to me. That is seriously crazy to me. We're all going to get on the bandwagon of trashing the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers for going to an NBA Finals that happened in the bubble that every other team during that bubble time was in. And yet we're telling them it doesn't count. 
How? How does that not count? You know what rings don't count? The Houston Astros ring in 2017 when they cheated. Cheated. Stole signs with technology, banging on trash cans, using buzzers. They fucking cheated Major League Baseball. They cheated the system. They cheated so many teams. They cheated the Yankees out of a World Series appearance. And the Dodgers from possibly making it to a championship. And that's an asterisk right there. Because they fucking cheated. Where did you see the Lakers or the Miami Heat cheat? Where did you see that? And in your so-called easy path to a championship, where did you see cheating? I didn't. So it's not a fucking asterisk. The Miami Heat, in LeBron's first championship year, won a championship during a strike-stricken season. That's not an asterisk. I The freaking San Antonio Spurs, in 1999... Beat the 8th seeded New York Knicks to become NBA champions. Do people say that's an asterisk? No. So shut up with this asterisk bullshit. Shut up with this bubble Disney, Disney ring bullshit. Because you wouldn't be saying that if your team won the championship. I wouldn't hear Zach Sanchez or Tyler Jones or whomever the fuck watches basketball. Hell, I wouldn't hear a Clippers fan say that it was a fucking bubble ring if they won the championship. They'll be bragging about it to the wall to the Wolves came home. You know why? Because it's probably the only title they could have won to begin with. But that's on me. You mean to tell me everyone calls that a bubble ring? Are you fucking kidding me? No, this doesn't hurt his legacy. No, this is not a bubble ring that he had. No, you should not be tarnishing LeBron in his 18th season for being eliminated in the first round. You want to have him not in the bubble, out in the GOAT discussion after this? That's on you. In my opinion, he's still top three. It's always going to be Jordan, Kobe, Braun. You put anybody ahead of Braun, you're fucking mental. That's in my opinion. Anybody that you put ahead of Braun, if you put him, if you put anywhere anybody else in that number three spot besides LeBron, you're on fucking drugs. You say Bill Russell, I get it. Kareem, I understand. Magic, maybe. Bird, maybe. Anybody else? You can comment into my fucking tweet when I put this up. Anybody else you're going to put in that GOAT debate besides LeBron? KD when his career ends? Maybe. Step when his career ends? Maybe. But we don't have comparisons to KD and Jordan. We don't have comparisons to Steph and Jordan. We have comparisons to LeBron and Jordan. And like I said, I'm not even a LeBron fan. I'm happy the Lakers are gone. I didn't want to face the, I didn't want to face a healthy LeBron and AD in the finals. I did not want that. So I'm happy the Lakers are fucking gone. And they should have been gone in the playing game. But LeBron pulled a magical three out of his ass. I said in the playing game to my co-workers, we all watched the game together. And I said, this win is going to hurt the Lakers more than it helps. Because they're going to be hurt going into that series against Phoenix. And Phoenix is already a well-coached, well-put-together team that is going to eat them alive. And they did. And yet, this hurts his legacy. Are you fucking kidding me? You're really kidding me, right? Good lord. Now that I got that rant out of the way, let's get into these freaking, um, AW, right? First of all, me going to that Mets game and hearing the fans going mental... Me listening to the Knicks fans going crazy in Madison Square Garden and me listening to the roar of the crowd when Jungle Boy won that Casino Battle Royal made me sincerely miss having fans. COVID obviously fucked us all over and hopefully this time next year we're all looking back on this one and a half or two year period laughing our asses off like, oh my God, can you imagine what the fuck we had to do going through that shit? Like, can you imagine? Like, hopefully we're all just laughing about it in the next year or so. But, and I also think we take for granted 
how much importance fans are to biz, to sports in general, not just professional wrestling, but to all of sports. You need fans to feel that excitement, you know? Um, excuse me. That being said, double or nothing. Uh, Christy Redding, actually, when I made a post about, uh, how I didn't like AEW and certain shit they did, um, Christy Redding said something very, uh, telling that I actually wanted to comment on. She told me, she texted saying, actually in the reply, saying, have you ever said anything kind about AEW at all? Christy, this is your moment. Um, AEW was great. I, I, I love the company. I've always said, Dom, I've always said competition's great. When you have a legitimate competition from another company, you're going to get the best out of both. The best from WWE, which is on SmackDown, and NXT to an extent. I'll get to that in a minute. And then the best from AEW. And then the best from other promotions. Do I count impact in that discussion? Hell the fuck no. They're way too small. They've been fucked over so many times. They weren't even treated truly as a number two. Like, you can call them a number two back in the day. Like in 07, 08, something like that. But then when Hogan came in, nah. But hell, you can't even call them a number seven like an 07 or 08, they can't even call them a like a close number two. They were a distant number two. Because you wouldn't see them like draw massive crowds at MSG or in all those other arenas or have as much of a big ass following as uh AEW has. I would say AEW is the closest thing we've ever gotten to WCW from way back in the day. And what I mean by that. No, I don't mean they copy WWE shit and they only scoop up WWE talent. That's not what I mean. I mean, this is the first time since that time period when the NWO was running Ruckshot and, and WCW Nitro was beating Raw in the ratings. This is the closest we've ever gotten to legitimate competition where you can look at those two companies and be like, on a global scale, those two are fucking close. And you can make an argument that one of them is better than the other. You could not make that with TNA back in the day. As much as I love TNA. You can't. I'm sorry. There were so many opportunities they had to be there. All they had to do was naturally grow. But for some fucking reason, Dixie Carter wanted to hire Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. And they tanked that opportunity badly. But it is what it is. All that being said. There are certain points in AEW where I look... And I'm just like, what in the hell did I just watch? Why was this needed? Uh, I'm not going to sit here and go on my spill about how Sting should have beat, should not have beaten Scorpio Sky and uh, Ethan Page. I'm not going to do that. I want to because I find it completely bullshit that two young guys who are trying to build themselves up got beaten by Sting. But it is what it is. Because I didn't complain when Undertaker and Roman beat Drew and Shane. But then again, there were two different things, but whatever. Like, I'm not going to be completely angry. I was angry in the moment, but looking back on it, I understand why they did it. And I'm not too mad. Um, the women's championship match. Is it officially time for everyone to say that AEW's women's division has recovered? Because, holy shit, this time last year, they were terrible. And low-key, there's still room to be grown, but they have gotten so much better. And I'm actually happy. Because this is what the company needed. A legitimate, standout women's division. And as much as people love Sheeta as in her wrestling ability, I'm sorry. I prefer a champion that can actually promo. I prefer a champion with character. I prefer a champion like a Britt Baker. Sheeta is awesome, but Britt Baker draws me in. Like, she's making me watch Dynamite because she is that much of a legitimate star. And AEW needs to handle her with fucking kid gloves because, God forbid, they fuck her up. What else? 
It's about fucking time Miro's champion. I've said it here multiple times. Miro is the guy to be put in the main event scene. He's not there yet, but he's ma- he's TNT champion, which is fucking weird because I don't know why they're still calling it the TNT title. I don't know what they're going to call it once they go to TBS. They should have just called it the AEW TV title, but it is what it is. But Miro is champion, and that match with Lance Archer, fucking awesome. Jungle Boy eliminating Christian, getting that push, and becoming the one contender for the world championship, awesome. What do I want to happen in that match? Well, here's a simple solution. I want Jungle Boy to have a great showing, but lose. You know, because you can look strong and defeat people. But I also want Moose to appear in in AEW and beat the ever-loving shit out of Kenny Omega. Because it's about time that AEW got invaded by Impact. Because once again... They're nowhere to be found, but Omega and his boys are all over Impact on occasion, and it's so fucking stupid. Speaking of Omega, holy shit, I was so worried about this triple threat match because I was saying I did not want Orange Cassidy in the main event, but he delivered. Pac delivered. Omega delivered. The finish was dog shit. Don't get me wrong. The finish was dog shit. But when a triple threat match is good, it is good. It is really good. I loved it. Hmm. Stadium Stampede was great, but it wasn't better than last year. But then again, that's saying something. I do believe they rushed it. I believe, in my strong opinion... Because if, if if what people are telling me is true and they were entitled, implied to do uh, Blood and Guts, I think Stadium Stampede should have happened first and uh, Inner Circle wins. Then the Inner Circle versus Pinnacle happens in Blood and Guts on a pay-per-view for fuck's sake because we all seen the train wreck it was on TV. And then Pinnacle win with that same spot but done better visually. Not done better as in have Jericho land on a fucking concrete fucking grip. No. I'm saying have it look legit. Just make sure it's safe, though. And the third match decides whether they stay together or not. Like, loser disbands and then Inner Circle loses or whatever the fuck. Because by then, Sammy Guevara looks like such a legitimate star. And... Santana and Ortiz looks like such legitimate stars that they have a chance to do great together. And Chris Jericho and Jake Hager can do their own thing. It's just Jake Hager. Do I like him? Yeah, not really. Eh, he's alright, I guess. Um, But yeah, that's just the way I would have done it. Especially with the way they went with the entire match. Because I knew from the off, like... Yeah, the Inner Circle are winning. There's no way Pinnacle's winning. Also, they rushed Jericho back way too early. That's another reason why I think they should have swapped it around. Because you had Jericho go out in a bad injury angle. And he came like, what, three weeks later? On that truck with the mimosa thing. It it was so weird. It It confused me completely. Like, why is he back already? He should be selling the injury with, like, haste. Like, two, three months. Two, like, a month or two at least. Not three weeks. That all being said, the best match on the night was the world title match. The closest second was the tag team title match. Wow. I give the Young Bucks a lot of shit. But it is something, it is a, and rightfully so, I hate the Young Bucks. But it says something when Eddie Kingston and John Moxley can make me sit through a Young Bucks match and not turn off my TV. It it just it just speaks to how great they are. They carried the entire match. And that's my opinion. If you think I, my opinion offends you, whatever. I don't care. I never really cared. Eh, it's just how it is with me. Now that that's taken care of, let's get to the one I'm thinking everyone wants me to talk about. Cody Rhodes, you fucking dickhead. You literally are the epitome of what you hated. 
and no AEW fan or some AEW fans, because I'm not seeing a bunch of them, they're not giving you shit. I just... When you have a guy like Anthony Agogo, you can call him green all you fucking want. You can say he's not ready for the big spotlight all you fucking want. But my guy, are you fucking kidding me right now? You have a guy in Anthony Agogo that you can carry to a great match because you're a great wrestler. And you can give him a huge statement win on what is typically your company's mania. And you fucking don't. You lose. You don't even want to lose to the guy. I want to know who the fuck booked that. Who in the fuck booked Cody Rhodes to beat Anthony Agogo? Who? Who the fuck booked Cody Rhodes to Triple H his way to a win? Anybody? Anybody? No? Get name me somebody? Really? It was Cody. It had to be. Because there's no... F- and even if it wasn't Cody, and you're going to tell me Tony Khan did it, or someone in the booking committee did it, if Cody Rose had a fucking brain, wouldn't he go around and say, well, Anthony Agogo needs this win, and then gives him the win? Apparently, AEW gives their wrestlers creative control. He wouldn't use it here and say, give Anthony Agogo the dub. No, he was pretty cool with pulling a I Love America gimmick and trying to show his fucking biracial daughter to make the storyline better. I cannot tell you how disgusted I was to hear that shit. Like, I understand the sentiment and everything, but are you really trying to tell me you're proud of being American in 2021? Really? After all the shit that's happened... And after all the crap that we had to deal with over the last four years, you're proud to be an American. What? As an American, I found the promo shit. I found the attire shit. Well, the attire was fine. The attire was great. But it was just a bit, it was a bit way too much. And it gave the finish away right off the bat. And it's, I am going to say this. With this whole entire disclaimer. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. So I am not canceled. I fucking hate that orange-haired bitch known as Donald Trump. And I wish he fucking burns in whatever specialty hell that's who Dom Hussein is in. I wish he burns. I fucking hate him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me, I just had to drink some water because my throat's killing me. I fucking hate Donald Trump. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. That being said, it is so convenient how you're saying you love America when he's not president. Can you imagine the amount of heat AEW would have gotten if he got reelected? I'm just saying. I hate the guy. I hate his fucking guts. But do you understand how much heat he gotten if Trump was elected, re-elected as president, and he said that promo as as Trump was president? Do you understand how much heat he would have gotten? That is crazy to me. It's convenient, and I'm glad he didn't do it. But, oh my God. It's a touchy subject, especially after all the shit that's went down over the last couple of years. And and the, and the whole storyline was just straight out of the 80s booking. I love America versus a dirty foreigner. And it sucks when I'm it sucks when I'm siding with the foreigner. I'm not supposed to as a wrestling fan. They're telling me don't side with the foreigner. But I am. And I know some people are going to be like, well, AEW doesn't have faces or heels. They they have people as characters and wrestlers, and you come up with your own opinion on how you like the person. Okay, I think Anthony Gogo is the babyface who tells nothing but the truth, and Cody Rose is an American-loving heel. 
who wants to talk about his big American values and real, doesn't realize in his broken rose-colored glasses that this country is in a huge heaping pile of dog shit. Yep, yep, we're supposed to be okay that he won. Are you kidding me? What? It's just, it's just, why, why, why is wrestling so difficult? Look what you did with Brody Lee last year. You had him destroy the fuck out of you. I'm not saying Anthony Agogo deserves the same treatment, but give him the win. Because you notice giving Brody the win, what did what it did for his career. What it did for his career was a, was just adipote him. It catapulted not just him, but the Dark Order. Because the Dark Order in itself looked like legitimate threats. So did Brody. You can look at them and see after he lost the TNT title, hey, these fuckers can be dangerous. AEW World Champion can watch the fuck out. But you didn't do that with the go-go. And it makes me not care about this fucking feud even more. The only reason I cared about this fucking feud between the Nightmare family and the factory was because of a go-go. Because I saw something in him like, yo, he can be somebody. He can be something. You know, he's telling the truth when it comes to most of his promos. He actually sounds comfortable in promoing. He's a bit, he's not that good in the ring, per se, as good as Cody, but he's going to have some work done. He's still new in the business. He's going to only get better, but it's loses, it's losses like this that hurt somebody. And don't sit here and fucking tell me wins and losses don't matter. Because when it comes to putting somebody over, that match didn't do it. Cody Rhodes and Ogogo was the worst match in AEW that year, that fucking night. It was the worst. And the finish was, the fact that Cody won only made it worse. I don't even know what to say anymore. Overall, AEW Double or Nothing was an amazing pay-per-view. But that Cody match just pissed me off. Now we get to the WWE... And the newest slew of releases, Buddy Murphy, Aleister Black, Ruby Riot, and Braun Strowman. First of all, I'm going to say this off the rip. Do I think WWE is trying to sell the company? I got no clue. You're looking at the wrong person if you really want me to say that, right? You're looking at the wrong guy. But in terms of releases... I have never seen releases that pissed me off more than this. I'm missing some people in this, but it's whatever. It's really whatever. Like, I don't care. Okay? I don't. First of all, you lose Samoa Joe in the last batch, which which was pissing off a lot of people. But in all honesty, I made the comment of, like, once WWE notices you're injury-prone... You can only do but so much in the company before you're rele- you're relegated to a, sunk, a fucking role that doesn't put you anywhere near title contention for the rest of your career. Once they put Samoa Joe on the commentary table, he was fucked. And he knew it. He was great as commentator, but you knew deep in his heart he was like, damn, I want to fight Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. I want to be world champion again. So do I blame WWE for releasing him? No, because in actuality, it helped him because now he gets to do what he wants to do, and that's wrestle. I I honestly don't want people to come to me and be like, well, Samoa Joe wanted to do commentary. He accepted the role so he can show off his mic skills and show off his charisma on the mic, which he was fucking awesome with. But am I going to sit here and say that he wanted to do commentary more than just wrestle? Fuck no. If a professional wrestler says they're willing to do commentary more than wrestle when they're in there, when they're at the same age that Joe is, and they still don't believe that they don't have that much heart in them, I fucking call you a liar. Unless they have a critical injury and can't wrestle again and have to force to retire, I'm calling you a liar. Joe wants to wrestle again, and he is going to wrestle somewhere, and it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait. Ruby Riot pisses me off. It brings me back to that match on Monday Night Raw, the worst res- excuse me, the worst wrestling show on television where 
No, wait, the worst wrestling show is AEW Dark, but that's not on television. That's on YouTube, which we're all supposed to watch if we want to understand stories and understand how people's records on Dynamite went from four and three from from three and two to ten and six, which is so fucking dumb to me. Like, why are you using Dark to push up people's match? I'm not going into a rant about AEW again. No, 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 no. Ruby Riot pisses me off because the match that determined the first ever women's tag team champions, nobody in that matchup are in a team anymore. None of the teams that are in that match are here anymore. And what pisses me off is now you have Ruby. Now you have another team that's gone. The only teams you got are Tamina and Natalia, the champions. That's it. That's all you have. You had the Iconics. You split them up for fucking no reason. And yet now they're done. Like, you know what's crazy? They could have done a loophole storyline where it was like, we want to be a team again. Adam Pierce looks at them like, no, the Iconics can't be a team anymore. Well, they can be like, well, we're calling each other a different name now. We are the Australian Pride Girls or fucking something. Some different name that's catchy and stupid because Billy Kay and Peyton Royce can make it work. And they can be a team again. Anything. Because the women's tag division is so shit. Have a look at Impact Wrestling and their knockouts tag division. Compare it to WWE's. It's night and fucking day. And you just lost two tag teams within the span. Oh, three tag teams within the span of two release points. You lost the Iconics the first one. You lose the Riot Squad in this one with Ruby Riot fired. And then you lose Lana and Naomi. That's like, what? It's so infuriating. And it pisses me off how WWE constantly want to cripple its own, its own fucking place. They're crippling their own show. And it's so ridiculous. Am I going to sit here and say that the roster is bloated as fuck? Yes, it's bloated as fuck. But don't release the people you need. As much as I don't think Lana's a great wrestler, you needed Lana to be with Naomi because they were a good team. As much as I didn't really really like Ruby Riot's work in WWE, that's just my personal opinion. I loved her in the Wyatt Squad, though. You need her to be with Liv. Because what are you going to do with Liv now? Now Liv could be on the chopping block soon. And that's terrible. Now we'll move on to Braun Strowman. How in the fuck do you fuck this up? Before anyone comes to me and says, Braun Strowman is a terrible person because of what he said about independent wrestlers last year. Okay. What he said was stupid. I understand that. But take what he said Throw it in the garbage for a quick second and understand something. Is this not one of the biggest missed opportunities in WWE? You had a man in Braun Strowman who was over as fuck in 2017 after so many people wrote him off as just another lumbering big man who can't talk, can't wrestle, and can't do anything of note. And he was in the Wyatt family. You put him together on Monday Night Raw, put him in the select a few squash matches. Vince looks at him and says, I want him to be pushed to the moon. Push him. He has his star-making feud with Roman Reigns. He goes on to be have an amazing contest with Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar. And then he wins Money in the Bank in 2018. But because of the Roman thing, he had to lose it. And because of Brock, he couldn't win it back after Roman got leukemia. Like, imagine if Brock, if Braun was Universal Champion and not Brock. Because that third title reign wasn't needed. At least in my opinion. But, but what makes it worse is that he was just in a WWE title match. Like, can you imagine that drop-off? There's only been one drop-off similar to this. Emma. Emma was in a match that was against the debuting Asuka on pay-per-view. 
a month before she, I believe, was in a WWE Women's Women's Championship title picture. She was in the Raw Women's Championship title picture. She had a match against Asuka again on Monday Night Raw and then was released. Austin Aries, who was a dickhead, was in a Cruiserweight Championship match. Lost against Neville. Got released. Braun Strowman was in a WWE title match at at WrestleMania Backlash against Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and got released. It is so bad. And I feel for the man. Because in all honesty, he should have been so much more. But they didn't pull the trigger when it was time. And when they tried to pull the trigger, it was just too late. Because during his entire Universal title run, I don't know if I was the only one who thought of this, but in my mind, I was like, this was supposed to be Roman's run. Like, all of the reigns he had and all the matches he had, I was thinking to myself, this was planned for Roman. And Braun can't fit this. They couldn't even try to give him a a legitimate, like, standard title run where he can do his own thing. They slated him in, I believe, a storyline and matches where it was going to be Roman. And it sucks. Because Braun deserved better. He's one of the legit only people. Because so many people come in out of the woodworks and say, this guy, insert name, deserves better. Put him in AEW so they can get better. Did Matt Cordona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, deserve better? Fuck no. He was terrible. I'm not going to say terrible if I was like, okay, 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 hold on, APH, you're bugging here for a second. He was great in 2011. He was great in 2016. But is he main event tier? No. He's a mid-carder. But you guys want to put him in the main event? Really? It's not going to work. Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears. I love the guy. Did he deserve better in WWE? Not really. I mean, what were you going to do with him on SmackDown? I think that was the best option for him to get fired. I'm not saying I wish he lost his job, but you get what I mean. Plus, the guy's not really that good in wrestling either. He just had the gimmick. He was just a gimmick to me. His matches never wowed me. Fucking... He's Slater. Did he deserve better? Yeah, I guess you can say that, but I wouldn't. Does Samoa Joe deserve better? Yes, but because of his injuries, they weren't going to give it to him. Did Braun Strowman deserve better in his career? Yes. And before people say Strowman and Black and everybody else shouldn't have been released, release this person, A, B, and C. Let me tell you fucking something. And to those people who are going around saying, why is Dana Brooke or why is so-and-so or why is Baron Corbin still in the company but these guys got fired? Why are you wishing for a person to get fired? Why? Why are you openly saying that you wish this person was fired? How does that make you look as a person? You look terrible as a person doing that shit. And it pisses me off seeing people doing that. Because it's like, bro, you wouldn't want somebody to wish you to lose your job, right? So shut the fuck up. And then we get to Alistair Black. There's so much I can say about Black and his release. But I think he said it best on Twitter, on Twitch. And I'm going to let... I'm a, I'm going to watch it again, and then I'm going to wish for you guys to watch it, because it's great. It's so telling that a guy that Vince loved the character got released. Like, Vince loved his character work and everything, and he got released. There's no legitimate reason except for budget cuts as to why he got released. But also, it's so jarring that he got released a week after attacking Big E and re-debuting. That is just crazy to me. I wish Alistair Black nothing but the best. Tommy End. I wish him nothing but the best. But let me... Oh, and Buddy Murphy. Oh, my God. Buddy Murphy could have been so great. He is so great. He will be great. That's just the end of my spill. But this needs to go and be said. 
there was also people, right, going on Twitter, trying to throw Bobby Lashley in the mud for the Raw's ratings going down. Someone saying, are we finally going to address Bobby Lashley's failure title run? No, we're not, because he was not failing as a champion. He, in fact, he's the highlight of the show. He is the Bob father. But are we going to finally address how Raw is so shit? Like, it blows my mind how a company can create NXT, NXT UK, and SmackDown, but yet has Raw. Like, are you kidding me? Look at the matches that Raw, that main event has. It had Ricochet and Mustafa Ali. Jeff Hardy and Mustafa Ali. Those are the matches we want to see on Raw. Not the same shit every fucking week. Not seeing a fucking Baszler losing to Reginald. We don't want that. It is that bullshit that is driving fans away in the droves. But it's Roman Reigns that's bringing them, trying to bring them back. And it sucks. Because the same company that's producing the Roman Reigns heel run that we all wanted and getting. And we're finally getting. The same company producing that is the same company that's producing Raw. Take that as you will. Look, that's my show. Um... Fuck, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's fucking dumb, but I can't think of anything nice to say. Um, shit. I basically said all I could right now. I got all my ranting done. I'm gonna go back to recording WPW. Uh, watch out for Supernova this Saturday night at 6 p.m. Uh, don't wanna miss it. Uh, but as far as I go, I'm probably gonna keep doing this until like important shit pop up like i said i'm gonna start doing in july i'm gonna review the nhl and mlb seasons uh and especially nhl Stanley cup playoffs and mlb's one first half there's gonna be a lot of mets bullshit there's gonna be out of yankees bullshit um if i wasn't accurate in a bunch of shit i said i'm sorry i don't have any notes with me right now i basically just said how i felt and what i saw from games i don't have stats to prove anything I just said how I felt, and in all honesty, that's basically what this show is. It's me saying how I feel, and hoping I don't get crucified, buried, and or canceled on Twitter for it. You know, this is what it is. Uh, either way, anyway, slice it. I didn't say as much as I wanted to say. Uh, there's probably gonna be a review on every show in WWE and AEW as well coming weeks, I guess. When I get all my shit together and get all my stats together. But for now, I've been APH. You guys will listen to the last call. Uh, have a great night. Stay blessed, y'all.